and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. It's a podcast. And spoiler alert. <laughs> All right, we're, we're off-roading it. Uh, yeah, spoiler. We have spoilers. We'll do some spoilering, as, as we do. We'll even spoil some history for you with information. <laughs> Historical spoiler warning. I'm Ashley. I'm Alex. And you've really thrown me here. Ha-ha. <laughs> and we're, you know what? We're not gonna fuck you guys. <laughs> we don't need it today. The sun is out. The Hugo, the real Hugo, comes from within. Well, the Hugo is in our hearts. The we've Hugo been... is the friends made along the way. We've been eating cupcakes. <laughs> that was the Hugo. Is the cupcakes? Yeah. And I have a cold beverage today. So we're just gonna go right into Five Minute Masters. I have one because I'm supposed to. <laughs> Wow. What so, energy today? It, I mean, I'm just channeling the energy of the person I'm going to be talking about. I guess so. I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly. I guess I could look at the thing, it's, but... It, well, since, Di- Di- Diogenes. Yes, that's yeah. correct. The O messes me up because I want to say Diogenes, but it's Di- Diogenes. Diogenes, yeah. It's correct. Uh, also known as Diogenes the Cynic. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be confused with the modern version of cynicism. <laughs> yes. This is the guy who practically wrote the book on it, except for he didn't write anything down, but he's the one of the founders of cynicism mm-hmm. and also stoicism. They just go hand in hand, don't they? They do. So he was a Greek. <laughs> yes. Um, him and his dad lived out in the colonies and they would print or make coins mm-hmm. for... They would mint. They would mint them. Um, and then they started shorting everybody. As you do. So they got exiled. Listen, times are hard. (laughs) Times are hard when you're stealing silver and... From the royal treasury. Yeah. You know. Um, so then he went to Athens, because, like, why not? What else are you going to do? Like, if you're kicked out of this rinky-dink place, like, hey, uh, let me hit it up in Athens. try it out in the big city. In the big city, where he just literally made... A philosophy by fucking shit up. <laughs> like that was his his thing. Like that's literally his thing. Uh huh. So um, he just lived a lifestyle of absolute nothingness. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have anywhere to to live other than a giant pot. A big, often referred to as Diogenes's barrel. Yes. They, they say barrel, a, but it is It's not clay. really, a, yeah, it's not, it's, it's a not giant like a big, wine vase. Like an amphorae. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's some great art depicting it too. Like, I love this one, especially with the dogs around him. Oh yeah, classic. Because like, he had dogs, because he was a slob. He lived, he lived on the street. He lived on the street. They Homeless people street. have dogs, a lot of the time. <laughs> like one. <laughs> But I mean, he's, yeah, anyway, he would eat scraps and share the scraps with the dogs. That's what you do in Athens. That's what you do in Athens. Also in Athens, the thing to do is to go bug Plato. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's there. He's there. So you go to his class, you bring your dogs to his class, and then you insult him and make fun of his wisdom, which is so fun. That's so good. Yes. People think this shit's stuffy. They're like, oh man, those Greek philosophers are all so fancy. No. Some of, most of them were fancy, but not Diogenes. Not Diogenes. So one of the anecdotes, um, 
is Plato gave a tongue-in-cheek definition of a man as a featherless biped. Oh, yes. Classic. Uh, And Diogenes plucked a chicken and brought it to Plato's academy saying, Behold, Behold, I've brought you a man. (laughs) Yep. Classic. (laughs) Fucking classic. And then they changed the definition to with broad, flat nails. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny. Like, why do you have to define a man in this manner? Also featherless? Why are you so married to this featherless biped idea? Because you thought it was funny, because that's fucking Plato. Plato. These guys. He's like, oh, he doesn't have that accent. Probably not. But they're just, these just guys are just fucking around. And Diogenes is just like, fuck you, you Behold, stupid. Behold, a man. <laughs> Love it. Um, the original shit poster, uh, he, Diogenes. He is the original shit poster. <laughs> he also, there's also a story, I have to go back to this other page. Um, um, the other story is uh, Alexander the Great strolled on over to his barrel Mm-hmm. Where he was hanging out. Um, they have a back and forth mm-hmm. of like, I am Alexander the Great. I am Diogenes the dog. Um, but the thing is, uh, Alexander the Great is looking for great wisdom. And Diogenes is like, get out of my light. <laughs> Just standing in the light. <laughs> fucking Diogenes doesn't give a shit if you're Alexander the Great. Right? Like, he his whole thing is like bringing people down to yeah. his level. Yeah. Yeah, can't be fancy in the presence of Diogenes. No, he's like, here's a fucking naked chicken. Yep, a man. It's a man. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you. Well, okay, we taught. We've been eating cupcakes, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna tell you about cupcakes. Love it. The history of cupcakery. Yes, cupcakes. So yeah, cause like like many folks, we've been. Um, experiencing the joy of Betty Crocker baking at home because there's <laughs> nothing else to do. Um, so cupcakes, um, as you may know, are small single serving cakes. <laughs> Often decorated with icing. You can't make fun of me for my energy now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you go back in history, the phrase cupcake can refer to a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. So there's what we think of as a cupcake, a small single serving cake. Uh, but cupcake can also historically refer to cakes made oh, yeah. by measuring Every using a cup. Every ingredient was used a cup, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like the, the one, two, three, four cupcake, yeah. which is like one cup of butter, two cups of sugar, three cups of flour, and four eggs. A, I think I've seen a good eats about it. Yeah, um, and so that is something that has also been referred to as a cupcake because it was measured in a, a standard cup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, th- this was handy for people who didn't necessarily have access to, like, a scale or something for cooking. It's like... Yeah, like, if you were, like... I don't know why I'm pointing over this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gesturing I'm just to? gesturing. Um, uh, if you were, like, in colonial America. Yeah, or, I mean, even earlier than that, elsewhere than that, just like, oh, I've got this one cup that's, like, you know, a mug. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so just measuring things relative to each other rather than by weight. Which I find to be, like, that's genius. Mm-hmm. But having seen what a cupcake looks like and imagining what it tastes like, I don't know if I would be fond of it. Well, I think that probably you just wouldn't be fond of historical baking. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> 
bit than what we're used to. Um, but the earliest uh, extant description of what we would acknowledge as a cupcake um, comes from 1796 um, in a recipe for a light cake to bake in small cups. Um, it was in uh, American Cookery, the cookbook by Amelia Simmons. Um, however, the earliest extant documentation of the term cupcake itself was in a book called 75 Receipts for Pastry, Cakes, and Sweetmeats in 1828 in Eliza Leslie's Receipts Cookbook. Sweetmeats? Sweetmeats. I don't think it's... I, I, I'm not super familiar with the term sweetmeats, but I don't think it refers to, like, meat. I, I don't think so either, but it's just... <laughs> you need to chill. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, at that time, they didn't have, like, cupcake papers or anything like that. And, in fact, muffin tins didn't even exist. So they would be baked in, actually, in individual cups, like ramekins and things that you would just put in your, like, wood oven. And it was actually um, part of the reason why people might have started making these is because oftentimes, you know, it's hard to control the temperature in a wood oven and to bake a whole size cake could be really yeah it was kind of challenging to bake it without burning it um and so a smaller cake was actually easier to cook properly um less risk of burning more even baking and if you did burn it's less wasted ingredients right i mean yeah so um unless you're doing a bunch of them (laughs) yeah which most people do kind of depends on what you're doing but um i believe it was uh uh, like around the end of World War II, that cupcake papers were first invented um, by like a, I believe like a weapons manufacturer who was like, shit, the war's ending. We need to get into another business fast, and it worked out for them. Crimped butcher paper. Yeah, just like some parchment, man. Um, and yeah, once muffin tins came along, things got even uh, even easier for folks. But, uh, it kind of makes one ponder the the real distinction between muffins and cupcakes. It's sort of a, it's one of those challenging... What came first? Philosophical and... questions of our time is, what is the distinction between a muffin and a cupcake? Because sometimes I'm eating a muffin and I'm like, bullshit, this is a cupcake. I mean, I would say it's the frosting, but... I mean, sometimes there's like a glaze on a muffin. Right. But like, if we hadn't frosted those cupcakes over there, oh, would those, they be muffins? Those would have been cupcakes. Or they would have been pancakes. They taste right. like pancakes. But they sure, you wouldn't call that a muffin. No, no. Just because you didn't frost it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they they looked like Does cornbread it, muffins. They, it's true. But you eat it and you're like, that's not a muffin. That's a cupcake. Did they become cupcakes once I frosted them? Let's ask well, Diogenes. Diogenes. <laughs> Behold, a cupcake. <laughs> he, he would just eat it and walk off, probably. Yeah. yeah. He's like, fuck if I know. Behold, I bring to you a um, cupcake. A cupcake. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's cupcakes, and we all love them. We eat them all the time. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I we're talking a fun movie that you finally finally got to see. Yeah, I bought it. Yep, you bought it. We're talking Birds of Prey, the fabulous emancipation yes. of one Harley Quinn. It's it's so good. It's so good. It's very good. It's, it's very funny. It's so funny. It's very smart too. 
not necessarily like intelligent but making smart decisions for a fun movie yeah yeah and it definitely i mean especially what you know where it came from like it's definitely a a step up from suicide squad in my opinion well it's also not ignoring where it came from right it acknowledges some of the events of yeah and in in a way it's like you remember that well i'm emancipating myself yeah. from that <laughs> yeah, yeah that thing happened anyway we're going somewhere else now <laughs> which is great and we're taking the only character that worked with that and running with it yeah and oh man they just make it better than ever too yes. harley quinn is like everything that i ever wanted her to be in this movie she's so good and they also embrace the the animation and comic like beginnings too because so much of the dc universe right now is just too serious. serious and in this it starts with a, a cartoon sequence cartoons it's super cute and then like harley quinn is just fully a cartoon character in this movie like the yeah. way that margot robbie plays her she is a cartoon and it's yeah. so good to watch mm-hmm. she's just goofball a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. and i love it and she's not there to be fucking hot like she is you know, inarguably hot. Yeah. Just because she's Margot Robbie, she can't ever stop being hot. Mm-hmm. But she's not trying to be hot. No. She's She's a cute. mess. She's looking cute and falling apart. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit about boys. She wants her breakfast sandwich. She wants her breakfast sandwich. And she wants to emancipate herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the great thing. I mean, so Birds of Prey is its own comic series mm-hmm. um, in the DC universe. And, you know, this is quite loosely based on that idea um so they're you know in the way that i think a lot of uh these most recent comic book movies that sort of style themselves title themselves after certain series or arcs like Mm -hmm. it's just the sort of like it's you know birds of prey it's like that. <laughs> it's got the people it's in it. It's got some of the people. It's got some other different people. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's the women of Gotham kicking ass together. Mm-hmm. That's the important part. Uh, and she's just just too great. And I love that Margot Robbie did so much of her own stunt work. Mm-hmm. She kicks ass. The fight scenes, they just keep a coming and they're all good. Yes. I might actually have a fun fact about the choreographer or the... Um, I, I basically wrote down all of the funnest fun facts of this movie. I would love to hear these fun, fun facts. Oh, those are some really good ones. <laughs> Let me see if I have the, uh, the, the, fighting, the one. fighting one. I might not have put it in because I think, because you had already told me. Yeah, I didn't put it in. Um, but yeah, that she, she did her own. And also her brother or sister. <laughs> Sibling. Her sibling is a stunt person. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it runs in the family. So no wonder she was game for it. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, and there's some really fantastic, like, just really imaginative fights in this. When when we were watching it, I was talking about um, uh, Dinah. Is that her name? Black Canary? 
Oh yeah, Black Canary. Um, her her fighting style, and I was talking about how she's always kicking. Uh huh. Um, so each of the characters had a distinct. They chose to do a distinct fighting style for each of them. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. where like Montoya is a little bit more like a boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Canary Har- is kicking. Harley she's is an this, acrobat. Yeah, she which is classic Harley Quinn. Yeah. She is an mm-hmm. acrobat, doing lots of mm-hmm. like flips and yeah, yeah, spinning around and so that's fun. tumbling around. Uh huh. That's great. And then Huntress is just shooting you. <laughs> and looking really cool. Looking super cool. Do you remember when this, when like the production, like the promo images for this movie were first coming out and people were like saying how these women were not attractive? Yeah. Like what? Like showing Huntress and being like, "Oh, that's when you when you don't consider what what's what's actually hot." And it's like, "Are you kidding me?" Huntress is so fucking hot. Yes, and also it's funny because so many people were saying, at least when I was looking it up, I don't know the character well enough, but mm-hmm. saying that she looks exactly like Huntress is supposed to. Yeah, I'd say it's a like it's the actress does. Yeah, yeah, I think so probably. But, like, people, you know, being like, oh, they're just completely unappealing. And it's like, are you kidding me? And it's because they have been taught hot in a certain way. I know. And it's so sad for them. It's very sad for them. And it's also very, like... Closed-minded? Closed-minded. And it's only going to leave them unhappy. Right. Appreciate this very cool badassery of this hot woman. She's yeah. like a lesbian fantasy. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and and Harley Quinn is They're there. all lesbian fantasies in this. No. <laughs> I love it. Well, and it's only appropriate because Renee Montoya is a lesbian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Played by the fabulous Rosie Perez. She is actually the first out queer character in, I believe, all of comics. Right, yeah. She, she I, I believe she did predate that woman Mm -hmm. and she's also the first out queer character in all of comic book movies that's great canonically queer right you know we can dream but yeah and there's also (laughs) just the ones that aren't even characters that they give us right but as far as like named main characters Mm -hmm. she's the first one to be like yo i'm gay so that's great (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh let's talk about what this movie is about it's about it's about becoming your own person, becoming your own person and saying fuck you to abusers mm-hmm. um, because it, it now very, I think, smartly doesn't have the Joker in it. Yep. It has the back of his head in a flashback. Yes. We see Jared Leto's ear. <laughs> and they were actually thinking about recasting him just for sort of moments like that. Mm-hmm. Just because... Don't give Jared Little any more. We don't want to see him anymore. But <laughs> I think I think the way they did it was right. And yeah. honestly, I mean, it's like on one hand, like ugh. But on the other hand, like that's how you're supposed to feel about the Joker in this movie. And also how you're supposed to feel as the guy that just broke up with her, or they broke up. Yeah. I don't know if, how exactly it went down. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he kicked her out. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the joke as she's like, oh, you know, I handled it pretty well, but Mr. J was really broken up about it. And she's like pounding on the window and crying. Like the joke is that he kicked her out and yeah. she couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it kind of works. You know, I, I, I appreciate that they put very little of him in it, mm-hmm. but I think that it's still being him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yuck. And also in the animation... 
it it's just looks classic like classic Harley and classic Joker uh-huh. rather than the Joker that everybody hated. Yeah. Which I didn't particularly have anything against his aesthetic. It was douchey and awful, but that was the point. Yes. I, I don't want to, I, I don't need to dwell <laughs> on it yeah, too much. Yeah, we don't much, need to go back into but it. But Jack Saint made a very good video in defense of Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. Not in defense of Jared Leto and his creepy ass behavior, but defense of the character being portrayed in that way. Yeah. And he makes some really good points. I don't like it, but he makes the case that maybe that's sort of the point. Yeah, he's not supposed to be likable, even though, like, they were obviously trying to make a movie about it. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not what that movie is. He shouldn't have been there, really. (laughs) Right. But, uh, yeah, so suffice to say, um, I think that the way that they handled the Joker worked really well. Uh, But it's about Harley learning how to be an independent person. It's also her... It's actually her origin story. Yeah. The first movie she's in isn't her origin story. And it's about sort of um, saying fuck you to abusers. Mm -hmm. Because rather than it being, you know, Harley sort of coming, you know, going through her journey versus the Joker, she's got a proxy in Roman Sidonis, Black Mask, played Mm by... Ewan McGregor as just the most hateable person in the entire fucking universe. Yeah. I love the way he plays this character. He's charismatic, but entitled and evil. Well, and I wouldn't even say charismatic because it's like he's so fucking cheesy and spoiled. He's a big fucking baby. He's like, he's magnetic because it's just a fascinating and hilarious performance, but he's wretched at all times. He is deeply unlikable mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's fantastic the scene when he's showing black canary around all of his like fucking stolen artifacts is... i have a fun fact about oh, one of those artifacts let's go to it is the statue of himself yeah he said it's made by a famous gotham, gotham artist Goth- yeah um that is uh the famous gotham art- artist who made roman's statue could be the bat family villain grotesque or the batman 66 villain known as the clock king who pretends to be an artist when he isn't committing bizarre time-based crimes so those are some deep cuts (laughs) (laughs) there's some deep cuts in this Uh uh-huh i mean black mask isn't necessarily a top tier no he's not one of the most well-known he's definitely been i i believe featured in an Arkham game. Probably. I mean, Arkham tries to put as many as they can. Yeah, I mean, Victor Zaz is in Mm -hmm. Arkham, too. Played, oh, just, oh, so creepily by, uh, oh, crap. I know. I'm not going to get it if you can't get it. No, it's okay, though. He's so good. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy from Mindy Project. Yes. And he's so fucking creepy. He's creepy, but I like him, too. (laughs) You're so weird about villains, Alex. I know. It's okay. Well, they're bad people, but you know they're just actors. I know, but I'm I'm watching the movie. <laughs> I don't hate you and McGregor. <laughs> I hate Roman Sidonis. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, but I I loved the inclusion of Victor Zaz in this because mm-hmm. he's you know he's one of those yeah slightly more obscure ones. But as they go, one of the absolute creepiest. Oh yeah, and and I think that they really did him justice in this movie. He's fantastic. Just just so slimy. They just it's so. I felt a little slighted in that this movie is so progressive on so many levels and then they don't have Roman and Zaz like make out. <laughs> yeah. But I don't it's know. It's not the point of the movie it's at not all. The point of the and movie. it probably would have been distracting not to audiences based on what it's, uh, you know, that it's 
gay people, but sort of missing the point. It would be. And, you know, I think that because part of it is that Roman is like a a predator. Yeah. And so to go all the way and say like, and he's actually canonically queer would be like, well, that's not super great. Right. We don't want, we want, we want the first out character in comic book movies to be this cool cop lady. Yes. Not this cool cop lady and this psychopath. Yeah. (laughs) We, you know, we got our gay and our, and our canonical gay, she, her ex-girlfriend is Ali Wong. (laughs) There's a huge age gap. It's fine. Uh, and, yeah, we don't, I mean... There's I'm, enough implied there that it's fun. I'm, I'm happy with where they left it, because those guys are the creepiest. Oh, yeah. Uh, so awful. Because, <laughs> um, oh, man, I want to talk about the scene when Roman has his first real meltdown mm-hmm. in the club when he finds oh, out... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, when he's, like freaking out and he like has like a psychotic break moment where he thinks that that woman is laughing at is him. laughing at him and everyone is just like what the fuck is going on and they are completely powerless to stop him as he's just like antagonizing and tormenting this woman mm-hmm. and just everyone is completely traumatized except for victor who's fucking loving it he's like laughing he's laughing canary is crying like they're terrified. He, it's sickening. It's yeah. utter. And so, like, he manages to play this character as like extremely laughable, but also very yeah. scary. Well, it's like he's ultimately powerless as a person. Like he doesn't have ma- he doesn't have superpowers. No, he's just a guy. He's just a guy with a lot of money. With a lot of money, and who's been doing a lot of criminal work, so he's got criminal respect. But it's like. It's really But even the other criminals of Gotham don't really respect him because like the the Yeah, that's true. Uh the guy who he wants to make a partnership with is like, uh, all due respect. i we've been yeah. in Gotham a long time and I don't need your help. Yeah. But it's like frustrating when this guy who's just a guy, like somebody could just go up and punch him. Mm-hmm. Is just terrible. But then Victor's gonna cut their face off. I know. But it it's it's just frustrating, especially right. in a superhero. He's a total fucking wimp yeah. he's a wiener yeah he's got a gun and a and a mask yeah and, an and a army criminal army guys yeah and so that's why his death is so fucking satisfying <laughs> no pomp no circumstance he just gets fucking exploded he's like ah and gets exploded and that's it it's so great just fucking no respect he gets nothing it's not even cool he just gets totally and the thing okay so here's a Destroy. here's here's the thing by this, a little girl. <laughs> this is a movie completely made by women. Yes. And oh, you can feel it in every frame. But it's also <laughs> like still a guy's movie. Like, Oh, yeah. well, because that, that's the misconception. Mm-hmm. Girls fucking love like crazy action and blood, blood and guts too. Like it's wild that people think that women don't enjoy that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for more on this topic, see my other podcast, Quarantino Cast. Because <laughs> uh, it's just that so often those kinds of movies are made from a very male perspective. Yeah. And so women are turned off by the like machismo misogyny of it all. When it's like, no, you can do rad action, blood and guts. And also from a feminist jokes. Pr- from a feminist perspective. <laughs> These are feminist poop jokes. 
Let's duct tape this girl to a toilet. But it's another woman doing it. Yeah. <laughs> this poop joke passes the Bechdel test. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, and and I this is like the first. I mean, okay, so there's the the animated series portrayal of Harley Quinn, which it, this is where she that's where she comes from, mm-hmm. and that's where we you know we get all of the stuff about her being um you know having worked at Arkham before mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff. But like since then, I've never really seen a portrayal of her that acknowledged that she's actually a very intelligent person, like. She has a PhD and she knows psychology and you never see that side of her in other things. Like this movie, she's being a psychologist like all the time. Like she's always psychoanalyzing people and then she's like snapping her bubble gum. Like I, I love that she doesn't have to be serious mm-hmm. in order to be smart. Yeah. She's a wackadoo. Yeah. And also she's like, I, I got your number. And it pisses people <laughs> off. And I love it. And she's not told that she has to stop being that part of herself. Yeah. Like, the movie sort of encur- encourages her to maybe not be as much of a dick. But she's wacky and crazy and irreverent, and that's what's great about her. And she has to sort of use that in order to escape everyone that's coming after her. She has to find solidarity. Uh, rather than you know just not giving a shit about anybody she has to give a shit about the people who are good for her she's really good at making friends too like yeah she just makes them like left and right it's great she just has to stop being a dick for a second yeah i love i love her relationship with cassie Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so fucking cute because like you expect cassie to be like oh you're so crazy and awful but immediately cassie is like you're the coolest person i've ever met Please tell me how you did it. It's so great. I love that scene in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's very fun. It's so fun. And, like, she's kind of getting into the idea of, like, oh, someone looks up to me? Like, maybe I am cool all by myself. Mm-hmm. And then when Cassie, like, doesn't know who the Joker is. She's like, somebody I can talk to and it's not going to come up. It doesn't have to be about the Joker. And like, and she's not defined by him anymore. It's the first time she has considered that the Joker's not the center of the universe. Like, yeah. this girl has literally never heard of him. Is that possible mm-hmm. to not know who the Joker is? Apparently so. Mm-hmm. It is kind of weird to live in Gotham City and not know who the Joker is. I mean, is. she's quite young and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely giving some texture to the landscape of Gotham City that maybe I hadn't considered before. Yeah. That it's like, it seems like he's pretty high profile, but, you know, maybe. Maybe somebody hasn't heard of the Joker. Well, and we don't know when the last big thing he did in Gotham is either. It could have been when she was too young to really know about it or like... Yeah, I don't know. Because the Suicide Squad doesn't take place in Gotham. Does it? It does. Does? Yeah. But it gets like destroyed. Gotham City gets destroyed all the time. This is a comic book. <laughs> Do you have more fun facts for me? I have so many. Give me some fun facts. Uh, Kathy Yan is the first Asian woman to direct a superhero movie. She's the second woman to direct a DC film. Also the second woman to direct a superhero film. Um, upcoming, and I don't know exactly how they, you know, it, the, the second woman to direct a a superhero film that has been released because right. um black widow has, was directed by a woman yes 
Um, but it's just funny that DC has fewer movies. Uh huh. Um, even fewer successes. Uh huh. But they are letting some women direct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Margot Robbie basically had to like go in there and be like, "Hey, we're making this movie, and I'm gonna produce it." But you know, they still let it happen. They still let her make it an R-rated movie. Yeah, it's so freaking. Which they hadn't done an R-rated superhero movie on the DC side yet. I'm sure that they were able to sell it based on Deadpool because that's definitely the yeah. Marvel the blueprint. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the Marvel yeah. version of what this is. Exactly. Um to say like no, we're going to do it funny and it's just going to be a silly wacky story and and bloody and gory. And it's going to be from the point of view of this super wacky character mm-hmm. who breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's weird cuz like I don't want to compare them because it really is its own thing right. and it and different and I, styles of humor and But there are reasons to compare the two for yeah. sure. I like it I think it's the last time she breaks the fourth wall when not addressing the audience. Um, she just looks at the camera and doesn't say anything. I love that cheeky little she's smile. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's so fucking cute. Mm-hmm. She's just cute. Um, the hyena... Bruce. <laughs> uh, ...is also a female. Oh, great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, and it is on theme because hyenas have a female-dominant hierarchy. Great. Hyena culture. That's great. That's just like convenient because, you know, it's been a thing for Harley Quinn to have like pet hyenas and mm-hmm. stuff. And the only reason she doesn't have two in this uh-huh. is because it was too expensive. I bet. Because that was a gorgeous CG hyena. It looked really, really good. Do you have any uh, information on how they did it? Because clearly there was something I'm there. I'm thinking it was, was like a, a probably like, a like, big dog. I'm thinking it was probably like a prop or mm. a, with like the body and then they just animated the face. Yeah, maybe so. We'll probably have to look it up later, but I I, I think it's mostly CG, uh-huh. but they probably had a stand-in that they used for, like, when the body of it's not moving, it's just, like, the sort of... Well, yeah, because, like, the, I'm just thinking of the one scene when in her apartment she's, like, cuddling it. Oh, yeah. So, like, she was cuddling something. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I was... would love it if they just mo-capped a dog. Or if they just had a dog in green spandex. Yeah, yeah. right. Mocap a dog. Yeah. Maybe they did. I don't Maybe know. we'll have to figure that out. I don't know. But I, that's what I like to imagine they did. Um, being produced, it was produced under the working title of Fox Force 5. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. Listen to Quarantino cast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, Fox Force 5 was the pilot that... Uh, Uma Thurman's Uma character, Thurman character in Pulp Fiction had made. Had made. Yes. Yeah. Which... Honestly, they could have just titled the movie that. People wouldn't know what the fuck was happening, but it's such a good reference. It's a great reference. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. And it's, it just fits perfectly. <laughs> what was her character? She was the... she Uma Thurman's character, mm-hmm. Mia Wallace's character. She was the one who grew up in the circus and threw knives and told jokes. So Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one she was. That's yeah, she so would. Good. She, every episode, she was supposed to tell a joke, but she only got to tell the one in the pilot. It was bad. It was bad. It's a bad joke. Any more fun facts for mm-hmm. me? Um, before Ian McGregor was cast as Black Mask, they had some other options. Uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Charlotte Copley. Ooh. Um, and uh, Sam Rockwell. All of which I would have appreciated. So when they were going further with casting, they were like, we're looking for a Sam Rockwell type. <laughs> you know, 
Ewan McGregor. Uh, <laughs> well, because like that's like they were saying that was the archetype for the character. No, I, like, I definitely can see that. Sam Rockwell in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah, just like the real asshole Sam Rockwell. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into that. I love it. He's got a little bit of Zaphod Beeblebrooks. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think definitely Ewan McGregor wasn't was an out of the box choice. But boy, did he do it. Oh, he did a great job. He's so creepy. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking... And he's so irritating. Kay? <laughs> what are you talking? Kay? So annoying. So irritating. Um, what else? So, Black Canary, she she talks about her mom in this movie. Who was the previous who Black Canary. Who was the previous Black Canary. So that happened because the Black Canary was active for so long in the comics. They're like, How? Yeah. And so then they canonically split them into a mom and daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love it. And it's and it's like a cool thing that it's like, you know, sort of a a legacy character. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, mm-hmm. I've always loved that about Black Canary. Um and then I pointed out in uh, Montoya's room there was something on the TV mm-hmm. with like a a Piero. Uh-huh. So that this is actually a lot. Ooh. It's a very big Easter egg. Um Let's see. This is it's a scene from Days of Our Lives, and the woman is Arlene Sorkin. Not only is Arlene the original voice of Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. but this scene was the inspiration for the character of Harley Quinn. Paul Dini, who was friends with Arlene, saw the scene one day and was homesick and was inspired to create the character with Arlene's voice in mind. That's so good. I didn't know that that's where the, the inspiration for the character came from. That's such a great Easter egg. Isn't that fun? That's so Such good. a cute little, cute little bit in there. Yeah. I was oh. like, look, a clown. <laughs> and really, it's like, look at that clown. <laughs> it's the clown. It is the clown. Yeah. It's, it's. Gosh, what a, what, a, what smart choices in this film. Oh, here's another really smart choice. This one made me smile. So it was talking about the uh, the diamonds are a girl's best friend scene. Yeah. Um, so the, I think it was the, uh, the um, costume designer was like really thinking hard about this scene. Because originally they had storyboarded as we don't want it to be the classic Marilyn dress because we don't want it to be that type of movie. We right. don't want her to be. You know, just a, like a, a, a sex a, bomb. Yeah. Um, and so she was like, what kind of thing? They had a, a different idea for like a different like Harley kind of outfit. And then one day she was like, oh my gosh, what if it's pants? <laughs> and so <laughs> she asked um, the director and Kathy was, Kathy Ann was like, brilliant, done, do it. <laughs> Give her pants. It's perfect. It's so good. Because it starts on the close-up and it looks and like, like it's oh, the dress. oh, it's going to be the thing. And then it's like, it's pants? Got pants. It's a pantsuit. <laughs> Love it. It's got pockets. Pockets. You know it has pockets. <laughs> yeah. That that moment is so wa- wacky and fantastical. It's like, I'm not even totally sure why it's there. It's just fun. I didn't re- re- read it properly when I watched it the first time. I thought she was just sort of like having a weird dream moment but i guess she gets a concussion when they hit her well yeah <laughs> so uh, i'm like okay that makes more sense yeah i uh yeah i love it regardless of <laughs> of the sort of the the decision making behind putting it in in the first place uh the great costumes just all throughout this movie mm-hmm. just really fabulous stuff like they look so wild i love that moment when there's the foot chase and harley stops to 
t- steal the fanny pack. <laughs> the sequin fanny pack. Because it matches her boot. Not her. Oh, no, her, her, her socks, socks. Her socks. Yeah. She's wearing sequined socks. <laughs> As you do. Um, also, I don't remember if they mentioned in the movie. I think they do, but I think I missed it. As why she got the inspiration for the hyena's name, Bruce. Yeah, she says I named him after that hunky wing yeah, guy. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That, I I missed that, but when I was reading the little notes, I was like, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Um, according to the list of grievances that Black Mask ha- Black Mask has for Harley Quinn, Harley voted for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. So somebody, I don't know if this is like something somebody actually said or or if it's just somebody mm-hmm. extrapolating. Um, that may not mean anything about Harley's political leanings, <laughs> given how whimsical she is. She may have cast her vote for Bernie just because the name reminded her of her beaver. <laughs> Very possibly. Very. Or, or just to piss off Black, Black Mask. Yeah. Yeah. I love that long, long list because of you, possible Because you know Black Mask would have voted for um, Buttigieg. <laughs> Well, this was this was before oh, that's that. True. This is that would have been. This, it would have been yeah, la- yeah. the. So I don't even know. Probably yeah. something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I think that's. That's all, all the them. all the fun facts. Oh no, there's some more. Okay. This this makes me a little angry that it didn't come to fruition. Uh huh. Lady Gaga was offered a role in the film and she uh-huh. turned it down. I'm sure she's a busy I, woman. She, I'm sure she is. I. She could have been any of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it probably would have been Canary, right? Just for if, the look. If she was... Well, and she's a singer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Make her black mask! <laughs> no, never. No, she's too good. Um, and then this is the second film where Margot Robbie skates to the song Barracuda. <laughs> Great. Oh, yeah. I, Tanya. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I love that... They, like, they're like, oh, yeah, Harley Quinn, roller derby, absolutely. Like, you know, Riot Girl, just, like, awesome, like, archetypal girl power move to do roller derby. But then it's, like, a part of her character, and it comes back. Like, Mm -hmm. she roller skates in fight scenes and a chase scene because she roller skates. Yeah. It's great. Like, a lesser film would have just forgotten mm-hmm. and not made use of that but like everything that comes up is relevant like yeah. everything comes back it's a well-constructed movie yeah i love the funhouse fight mm-hmm. and i love how everybody's like trying super hard to protect cassie during that scene like they're all concerned with where she is and what she's experiencing they're especially her <laughs> yeah and especially oh my heart especially Huntress, because she went through a really severe childhood trauma, mm-hmm. and so she's concerned. She's like, hide over here. Don't look what's happening. Here's a car, to- a toy car. Yeah, here's a Hot Wheels car. Close your eyes. You shouldn't have to be here, and I'm so, so sorry mm-hmm. you're going through this. I know what it's like, and this is shitty. Yeah. And it's great because she seems like a character with a lack of empathy because she's so socially inept. Like, you know, Harley has a lot of social awareness as like a psychologist and stuff and mm-hmm. Montoya's the cop and whatever, but it's Huntress the assassin who's like, hey, close your eyes. I'm so, so sorry. Like, ah, yeah. my heart. Mm-hmm. Huntress is so fucking funny. Everybody wants Huntress to have a spinoff. She's so funny. Yeah. Like, what a great choice to be like, she lit- like, yeah, if all your life, all you'd ever done is train to kill, like, you don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's super awkward. Right? Especially because she was only like maybe 12 when, maybe probably younger, but uh-huh. at, at oldest 12, at least what we see. When that when happened. Her whole family was killed in front of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fucking good. So, just like great thoughtful character choices. It's really good. It's really, really good. What else? Is the sandwich. This all oh, that sand. What a beautifully, like, filmed sandwich. Like, like. Okay, so I have her. I have fun facts behind that too. Right. So the guy they chose to be the guy that made the sandwich. He so, was just an actor. Yeah. Um. He not only practiced the night before to make sure it would look good, <laughs> but also they didn't tell him how important the sandwich would be in the story. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so when he finally, you know, figured it out, it's like, yeah, that's the whole point. Is the it's sandwich. the sandwich. That's the, the inciting incident. <laughs> the inciting incident and yes. Yeah. Um, and the reward. Yeah. Yeah. That's that Duck MacGuffin's. Egg. Yeah. So yeah. If that anybody would be so out- yummy, I'm sure. Yeah. If anybody out there um, hadn't heard the story, um, Margot Robbie is allergic to chicken eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, they give her migraines. Yes. Which is something I didn't know was a thing, but... And I believe that it was like the idea came from her that she should have a breakfast sandwich. And mm-hmm. then they were like, Margot, you can't eat chicken eggs. Like she's like, Well, I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> and so they had to use duck eggs. Yeah, which is so fancy. It's so fancy, but that's why the egg looks a little bit large for 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 an egg. Which is fine. It's, it's fine. Great ass breakfast sandwich. It on is. Some I didn't even really think about it because it just makes the sandwich look all that more appealing to have just these big eggs in it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a beautiful sandwich. I yeah. love a breakfast sandwich. I do too. That's that's the most relatable part. Of this movie. <laughs> I know that you're not a drinker, but like, if you're hungover, literally, something greasy from a diner is the only cure. <laughs> yeah, I Listen, I don't even have to think about it that way. Because for me, it's like, if I like really need to eat, like, I will cry if you take my food away. <laughs> I, I really struggle. I think it must be like a blood sugar thing or yep, something. Yep, yep, but yep. like... Like, I, I, am, I am hangry central and I try very hard to like build my life so that I don't have to ever be in that position. I, I completely understand. So when you're so excited to eat and you just got to eat. And, then and it's you the, literally the only thing keeping you going right now. Just that. And then you can't eat that food. I would like have a meltdown. Right. Not only is she slowed in her eating of it, it is destroyed in front of her. <laughs> Spilled in the street. Oh, it's a travesty. I know. It's a travesty. Yeah. Uh, what, I also want to talk about that wonderful um, epilogue scene when they're getting their tacos. Because mm-hmm. it's just like girls being friends with each other. And I love that shit Which so much. Which is what much. she wanted at the beginning. Yeah, she want, And then her roller derby team is like being bitchy behind her back. Yeah. And... That, those weren't the good friends. These are the good friends. They understand where she's coming from. They understand her life mm-hmm. in a way that other people don't. And then she steals one of their cars. She steals the car because <laughs> she's still a dick. But she adopts Cassie and makes her her little protege. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm, so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just love that they just get to have this banter in the taco shop. Like they're just like... Yeah chatting with each other and they just like each other well and so she runs off with the diamond yes. and the girl but she's just she just, she's so chaotic she's not going to use the diamond to its full potential she just pawns it yeah well 
and we do... she knows it's going to go back to the right hands eventually. Yeah, and we, yeah, we find out that, um, you know, that Huntress does use the money. She, yeah. she, she is able to access her family's money and now ha- has those funds in order to make right, the crime. real birds of prey. Yeah. Uh, so that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. But she still gets a quick buck off of it. <laughs> of course she does. Because uh, she's still Harley Quinn and she's still like, yeah, you guys are losers. <laughs> you goody two shoes losers. Like, I'm still a criminal. I'm just nicer now. More self assured. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a fun film that makes you feel good. And it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's so re- like I was telling you about the the fight. One of many many fight scenes when she is going to get Cassie out of her jail cell, and the sprinklers come on. And I'm like, and when I first saw it, I was like, oh no, we're getting her wet. Like uh, this is, seems to like be going in a gross place. But it didn't go to that gross place mm-hmm. ever. Like. She was not at all, like, it was not male gazy in any yeah. way. Like, it was just, like, a fun set piece. Yeah. Where she's, like, sliding across the ground to kick people's feet out, and there's water everywhere, and well, splashing. And she even has a sports bra on underneath it that later she's just in the sports bra. Mm-hmm. But it's a sports bra. It's glittery. Yeah, I think it's, like, like, pink velour, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not, like, right. a weird, yeah, it's, like, practical. Yeah, and and cute and yeah. fun, and she can bear her midriff if she wants to. Yeah. But it's not; she's not framed in that way, mm-hmm. and that's what makes the difference. It's not slow mo. It's not like panning down. Yeah, she's just wearing clothes and wet and upset about it. Yeah, she just looks like a fucking drowned rat. Because the thing is, when you get wet, you're not gonna be like posing and looking sexy. No, you're gonna be like. Eh. You're gonna be like. Your eyes are gonna be squinting because there's water getting in them. Yeah, it's and you're not just gonna be like shivering. Fun. It's not, yeah, getting sprinklered on. It's not a good time unless it's like ninety degrees outside and you're doing it on purpose, right? <laughs> but not like in a prison cell. Yeah, in her cute white boots. Ah, I know it's gonna fucking ruin her clothes. And I the the I think probably the raddest moment in the entire movie is when she's in the evidence locker and she snorts the cocaine. And then Black Betty starts, and she just starts wailing on those guys with a baseball bat. You were cracking up when yeah. she breaks that guy's legs three times. Because <laughs> it looks so stupid. His legs look so long when they were broken. Yeah, it's really absurd looking. It is just awful, but it's so... Also, when she jumped on the driver's, on the driver's knees. <laughs> she breaks a lot of legs in this movie. <laughs> And that's, it's great that she's allowed to just be nasty and mean. Like, she doesn't have to come across like a good person because she's not. And yeah. we like her anyway. Well, she doesn't, like, murder people. She just... Really hurts. fucks them up. And it's them. like, Batman does the same fucking thing. Yeah. But she just gets to have fun while she does it. He's <laughs> crippling just as many people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing. And these were all, you know bad guy mercenaries coming after her so it's fine and yeah. if she has a fun time doing it so be it i love the number of times that she does that like ain't i a stinker little chuckle she's like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like all the time hey, hey, hey. <laughs> she's just really relegous mm-hmm. like she just thinks it's funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she thinks it's funny uh, she's harley quinn forever yeah. harley quinn is the queen of my heart we need I think we should probably get a prequel 
or like a prequel sequel or like a because it's implied in the beginning animation that she's already been with ivy yeah i'm not sure if that's supposed to be ivy that's the internet was saying they think it's ivy i mean it's because it looks like animated ivy it kind of does but like so i either want a prequel for the next one with that or like a reunion reunion where it's like oh you know we used to yeah because the next one potentially is gotham city sirens right right yeah so that would be cool yeah that would be really really cool um one other thing that i do want to talk about because it like it was such a fucking great acknowledgement um when she's at the bar and she's super fucked up and she's talking to canary Mm -hmm. and she asks her if she knows what a harlequin is yeah because like most people don't know the historical origins of the harlequin which is the commedia dell'arte character arlecchino Mm -hmm. who is a servant like that is what that he's the starving servant Mm -hmm. um and so for her to like know that first of all is like oh yeah she's fucking educated yeah she's a doctor she didn't just pick this name she should be like that's dr harley quinn to you she is (laughs) uh but yeah that is you know that is what a harlequin is is a servant Mm -hmm. um a comedic servant who's always hungry Mm -hmm. (laughs) serving a master serving a master i've seen a commedia dell'arte uh production and it was called a servant of two masters and Mm -hmm. it was about him having two masters like Mm -hmm. it's great it's very funny stuff um but like i just really appreciated that reference Mm -hmm. because it's so rarely taken advantage of and it was so fucking perfect yeah and great way to endear us to her and her to to canary Canary. yeah so like oh you're a real person under there Mm -hmm. you're not just this this crazy clown asshole to, it's it she's the 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 little women quote women women <laughs> <laughs> we've hearts and souls as well as minds it's true <laughs> even harley quinn even especially harley quinn yeah yeah it's a good fucking movie about she went to college for brains she did she knows all about them um but yeah it's just a movie where for once you know all of the cool smart likable characters are women and men are just villains. Or they're inept. Yeah. Like the her um, uh, Montoya's... Montoya's partner played who, by... Who we love. Who played we by love our him. boy, uh, what, what's his name, Derek Wilson? Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that's it. We love him. He's just bland as hell in this Yeah, role. he's just there to hold Montoya back. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the fucking police, police chief. chief is just an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And all the other men are like horrifying misogynist the only one that's there for us is sal yeah to make the perfect sandwich <laughs> the most beautiful and perfect sandwich mm-hmm. Every, and then there's just an army of fucking misogynists literally that we just get to fucking wreck on roller skates <laughs> wreck on roller skates it's great it's so great yeah if you if you missed birds of prey it's on video now you gotta see it. Yeah. You gotta see it. It's a fucking good time. Also, which we should have really should have done in preparation for this, the DVD came with a bonus disc. A How bonus cute. features disc. How quaint. It never happens. It's adorable. You you never see it anymore. The basic DVD came with that. Yeah. Like, what is it? 2007? I know. I love it. Yeah. So maybe we should have done a little more research. <laughs> That's okay. 
It's okay. But yeah, what a great fucking feminist action movie. Mm-hmm. You'll love to see it. Yes. You'll love to see it. Now I want to watch it again. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, who has the time? Who has the time? Everybody. It's quarantine. Everybody except me has the time. <laughs> well, do you have a recommendation today, my friend? I don't know if I have a new recommendation. I want to recommend Future Man because we finally finished it, but we already recommended it. We did a whole episode, but we did finish it, and we can definitively say, after all three seasons, stayed good, very good, fantastic ending. And also, like, built for three seasons, unlike many shows these days that are like, let's go until we get canceled, or, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's got an ending, it and has a an good ending. ending. And they, they're not gonna keep going, and it was heartfelt and stupid hilarious it's got the best final joke of anything i've ever seen it's we, perfect we were screaming oh my god you just watch it just watch it okay if if you take nothing from this podcast which why are you here <laughs> you have to watch future man so that we're not alone in the world yeah it's so so good um, I second that recommendation, but I will also recommend the newest Movies with Mikey um, episode because it's games with Mikey. Um, of course, we know that Mikey is a longtime video games boy, um, but he talked about Breath of the Wild, the Legend of Zelda game, and it's a beautiful episode, and it's just some good Mikey work. I enjoyed it a lot, and Breath of the Wild is a great game, and I've been meaning to go back to it, so maybe this is going to give me the push I needed to actually boot that one up. Also, his channel is his livelihood, so support him. Support him, please. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a very smart and cool and lovable, hardworking, hardworking and disabled content creator. So yes, let's let's show Mikey all the love because mm -hmm. he deserves it for so many reasons. All right, everybody. Go Bye. watch Birds of Prey. <laughs> Bye. Bye, we're done. <laughs> Go out of here now. Go away. <laughs> what are you doing here? What, just, what are you it's hanging so, around for? It's, so, it's over. <laughs> that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening and bearing with me. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and us. <laughs> Please rate and subscribe and review so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it and it really makes a difference. Uh, <laughs> check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, Spotterfy. <laughs> <laughs>